You are listening to the Super Bombs Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 76. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 76. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering super mom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. How is everyone today? I am super excited. (laughs) I'm sitting in my new lake house that we just purchased yesterday, or we got the keys to yesterday afternoon. And I am recording this from the built-in sauna. (laughs) So we'll see how it sounds, but I could barely sleep. I slept for about three hours and then was just too excited to sleep. It's I did not plan on buying a lake house, but this whole coronavirus quarantine and just serendipity and timing and it just all worked out. We, there ended up a house across the street, went up for sale across from our friends and up on this lake. And it's, you know, a couple hour drive from home. And since we can't really travel abroad, like today I was supposed to be in Switzerland. We had European travel plans. So we made alternate plans. So here we are moving in and I found a dead mouse on the kitchen floor this morning to greet me. So (laughs) welcome to the mountains, (laughs) but I'm very excited besides the mouse. Today, I have a good question coming from Diane and she says, I'm sure that everyone is struggling during this coronavirus lockdown. So I feel a bit self-indulgent asking for help on this for the last few weeks or months. Who keeps track anymore? I've been struggling and I don't know why. I have no reason to complain. My kids aren't toddlers anymore. They can fend for themselves. I'm better off than many moms. But this morning I looked at the clock and I realized I was exhausted and it was 8 a.m. My day hadn't even started yet and I was already tired. Since your podcast is called Super Mom is Getting Tired, I thought maybe you could help me understand what could cause me to be so tired after just waking up from a full night's sleep? Well, great question, Diane. I love your self-awareness here and that you're kind of catching on to yourself. Like, this is not normal. You're paying attention to the fact that you're tired by 8 a.m. That's always the first step is just awareness. When I was a kid, my dad had this medical book that I loved because it would ask you questions about your symptoms and it was a way to help you diagnose. It was like these simple little yes or no questions. Do you have a cough? Yes or no. And there was like a flow chart. If yes, they'll go this way. If it's no, go this way. Uh, is your cough productive? Yes or no. Is the phlegm yellow? If yes, turn to page 512 and learn more about whatever. So I loved this little thing. So I'm going to kind of go through a flow chart of yes or no questions to see if I can help you. Because I'm very similar to you in that I like to understand what's going on for me. If I'm tired and by 8 a.m. and it doesn't make logical sense, that kind of noodles in my brain. And until I have like a answer for that, 
even if it's something I'm just making up inside my own head (laughs) that gives me a feeling of peace, I like to have it decided. Like, well, I get to choose what I make it mean and I want to make it mean something good. And if it doesn't feel true to me, then it will nag at me. When it comes to general fatigue or overwhelm with a lot of my clients and they can't really put their finger on why, I kind of have a flow chart of my own and I usually start with the basics. The first one is, do you get enough sleep? Because as we all know, sleep is super important and that is priority number one. If you're tired by 8 a.m., you probably didn't sleep enough. Okay, push that one out of the way. I'm gonna assume that's you would have figured that one out and you already mentioned you just had a full night's sleep. The next question is, do you get enough physical rest? Well, this question is almost always yes. Most of us get too much physical rest these days, too much sitting around on the couch. Only one time in 10 years of coaching have I had a client who was a bit addicted to exercising. She had convinced herself that she needed to run, bike, swim multiple times during the day, but her body was clearly saying, no, it's time to rest. So once in 10 years, most of the time, we get enough sleep, we get enough physical rest. Now, I am not a medical doctor, nor do I give advice on well anything really, especially not physical health. If you get enough sleep, enough physical rest, and your doctor can't find anything medically wrong, then let's move on to the next two questions. Do you get enough psychological rest? And do you get enough spiritual rest? Most of my clients would answer no to these questions or answer, what the heck is that? (laughs) So here's how I define it. Psychological rest is a quieting of the mind. When your mind is racing with all the things you need to get done, constantly putting pressure on you, telling you you aren't good enough, it's exhausting. The brain can easily fixate on worrying about the future, mulling things over in the past, or both. Many super moms yearn for the feeling of being present. When we are present, our mind goes quiet. For most of my clients, focusing on the current moment sounds luxurious and impossible. Spiritual rest comes when we are congruent with who we're meant to be as a spirit, living in alignment with our highest self. So this is, it doesn't have anything to do with like obeying the rules of your family or culture. It's more of like your spirit, the essence of who you are and who you were meant to be has certain interests and skills and the things it wants to accomplish while you're here on earth. And if you aren't pursuing those things, it can create fatigue. If you love being active outside in nature and you spend your days stuck on the couch with a breastfeeding baby and a napping toddler, then this can create spiritual unrest because you're meant to be out amongst the people outside, moving around, and you feel like you're trapped at home. If you come alive in front of an audience and love the energy a crowd of people generates, but are stuck behind a computer in your home office, it creates spiritual unrest. So many super moms can reconnect to their spirit by focusing on their own goals 
their own dreams, their passions, their desires beyond raising kids. Because for many of you, becoming a mom was a dream. It was something that you really, really wanted and you've accomplished that goal. And so sometimes that can be really exciting and fulfilling in the beginning. But then after like six years, you're like, okay, well, I'm ready for a new goal. I'm going to assume that Diane is like most of my clients and would say, no, she does not get enough psychological and spiritual rest. So the next question, if both of these are no, the next question to answer the question, why am I tired by 8 a.m. is, do you have everything you ever wanted? Is everything going well for you right now? Now, I've talked to a lot of mamas who feel guilty because everything's going well for them right now. They feel like they shouldn't because the world seems like it's falling apart and, you know, people are suffering everywhere and they're feeling like I shouldn't be enjoying this, but, you know, everything's going my way kind of thing. Certain businesses right now are really booming, like bike businesses. If you've ever had a bike shop, you know that this is a great time for uh, an unexpected gift for bike shop owners. So in the book, The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks coins the phrase upper limit problems to describe the negative emotions and self-sabotaging experiences we create when everything is going well. It sounds strange, but I've seen it enough times to believe it. Too much happiness makes us uncomfortable. We feel guilty. We play small. We minimize. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or we self-sabotage our way back into our comfort zone. It's like we have this bar, this little set point, and we can only tolerate so much happiness. And then when we things start going really, really well, we feel uncomfortable. So when we're in this state of resisting joy, resisting our own success, we worry, we feel exhausted, we often get sick or injured, anything to return us to our comfort zone. Now, this is subconscious, right? You're not purposely going out and getting sick and injured. (laughs) But I know for me, illness is definitely how my upper limit problems show up. Like right when I'm about to take my life, my business, you know, to the next level, or I'm about to do something that's going to be really good for my soul. Oh my gosh, do I get resistance. I get sick. I get exhausted. I get really grumpy and cranky. I mean, right before buying this house, I was pretty grumpy and cranky. So if this sounds like you, just breathe and allow these upper limit problems to be there without resistance as you slowly increase your tolerance for joy. Recognizing what it is that is upper limit problems is often the most That's the most important thing is just to breathe and allow yourself to kind of baby step your way into goodness. If you've ever followed people who like win the lottery and they get all this money and they don't know what to do with it and they end up like kind of right back where they started and giving it away or making really bad investments, it's them returning to their comfort zone because there's something called sudden wealth syndrome that can really throw off people's identities we don't identify, they don't identify as a person who's, you know, worthy of having money or having more money than their peers feels really uncomfortable. And they just end up getting right back to where they were, to their comfort zone. 
If the answer to do you have everything you ever wanted is a no, then the next question is, are you putting a lot of pressure on yourself? Well, I've talked about the three Ps before, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and pushing to power through. If the first 30 minutes of your day is focused on everything you have to do, need to do, should do, should have done yesterday and didn't, you're going to be exhausted by 8 a.m. Undoing the habit of self-pressure isn't difficult, but it does take concentrated time and effort. You might ask, but isn't that just pressuring myself to not put pressure on myself? Yes, the answer is yes. When super moms discover the negative effects of self-pressure and how to overcome it, which you might be listening to right now, they often just use it as another way to beat themselves up. I should be more relaxed and grateful. I need to be better about meditating and journaling. I shouldn't be putting so much pressure on myself. And we put pressure on ourselves to not put pressure on ourselves. This self-pressuring habit will suck the fun out of your life, keep you from taking risks, and teach your kids that obligation is more important than personal happiness. Hiring a life coach who understands this tendency will give you energy, enthusiasm, and freedom like you never knew was possible. And I say this because Some life coaches, there's lots of different training programs out there. Not all life coaches are the same or get the same kind of training. And some of them are just there to give you like accountability and motivation. But for someone who is prone to self-pressure, that can actually just (laughs) confound it and make it worse. So make sure you hire a life coach who understands this invisible tendency to put pressure on yourself through perfectionism, people-pleasing, and pushing. Whether your answer to are you putting pressure on yourself is a yes or a no, it's worth taking a look at the next question, which is what percentage are you giving versus receiving? For many of my super mom clients, the answer is upwards of 80, 90, 95% giving of their time, of their energy, of their attention. So what percentage do you think you give versus receive? There's a term called attentional fatigue that's used for ADHD kids to describe the mental exhaustion they experience after trying to pay attention to things that don't interest them, like sitting in school all day. Well, I think this is a perfect term to describe the type of exhaustion that many moms feel after a day with their kids. When your attention is constantly being pulled outside of yourself, hey, mom, listen to me. Hey, mom, look over here we become starved for our own attention. Your energy goes where your attention goes. So naturally, this 90% of giving away your attention, 10% receiving, this is gonna be exhausting, this ratio here. And so next time you get a break from the kids, watch where your mind wanders. If your attention is still on your children or on other people, Even when you're not physically with them, you need some mind management techniques in order to get your energy back up. And sometimes that's just managing the brain to be think in the present and notice what's going on right here in front of me and to let go of things that you have no control over. 
but sometimes it's to practice receiving. I work with a lot of clients who it's hard for them to receive help from their kids and their husband, from babysitters, from grandparents, from strangers, neighbors, that they just get uncomfortable with that. And so bringing that ratio up to make it a little more balanced can bring your energy up to make you more balanced. All right, next question in our flow chart. Is there something you are avoiding? When you are trying not to think about something or not feel something, it is exhausting. When you can make peace with your past, mend relationships, overcome your anxieties about the future, it will give you an immediate energy boost. So whether this is, you know, something that happened when you were, I mean, it could be 10 years ago, like I got fired from a job and I still, you know, get so embarrassed when I think about it. I don't even want to ever think about that again or some heartbreak you had, like you can just spend some time with a compassionate witness, a therapist or life coach and mend that. And that will boost your energy. When you're our brains just, we can't just tell it to like not think about things. It's going to go back there and you want to be able to think about things with peace. Okay, next question. Are you bored? Have you stopped growing? Just because we have kids doesn't mean our lives are supposed to stop or our exciting, interesting parts of our lives. We are meant to continually grow, learn, and expand into better versions of ourselves. Perhaps you loved being a stay-at-home mom with your first two kids, but by the time your third child started walking, you lost your enthusiasm. Life got a little boring. Been there, done that. You feel guilty not giving your third child as much of your time and attention as you gave to your older two. Your spirit is ready to grow. You long to go back to work, to get dressed up, to be around people and feel productive again. Keeping your spirit locked up at home when it's ready to fly will always create exhaustion. This is how your higher self motivates you to take action. You know, we think that like our higher self is this like wise guru sits on a rock meditating or something. But really, it shows up as discomfort, dissatisfaction, boredom, and it's like uncomfortable emotions because it's this discomfort that moves us to take action. It motivates us to get up and do something different. So it doesn't always seem like our higher selves. I think a lot of us are learning that our higher selves do not want to homeschool our children or do online learning. And hey, that's good information. We usually figure out what we don't want as a way to help us see what we do want. Usually the the don't want comes first because it speaks so loudly with so much irritation. So ask yourself that question. Am I bored? Have I stopped growing? And then we'll move on to the next question. Are you arguing with reality? I would say that wishing things were different than they were is one of the most common ways to drain your energy. Thinking thoughts like, my child should obey me, when clearly he isn't obeying you, will wear you out every time. Wishing that the coronavirus wasn't here anymore and that we could just go back to normal, it's just going to drain your energy. 
arguing that people should wear masks in public and they're endangering the lives of other people and they're not wearing masks. This is just going to keep you spinning in a frustrating circle. So arguing against a diagnosis is a very common thing. Like if your kid gets diagnosed with ADHD and you're like, oh, I should have been able to fix this by now is a common super mom mantra. Not that I've ever had that one. That like, I am a super mom. I should be able to fix this. I should be able to handle this all on my own. I shouldn't need the help from outside experts. You know, if your kid seems to have depression, to argue with it, say, what does she have to be depressed about? That's going to wear you down. Any kind of this shouldn't be happening is an exhausting thought that leads to nowhere. So accepting reality as it is right now is the fastest way to make positive changes. What's perfect about this problem for me? If my higher self decided this was the perfect problem for me, why? What is it I have to learn, gain from this? How is this a growth opportunity for me? Those are good questions to ask. Learning to believe that things are happening for your best and highest good, even if they seem like negative things on the surface, will give you a more energizing perspective with access to your creative brain. Today's super mom kryptonite is not asking for help. Oh, mamas, (laughs) I know that you are incredibly capable and that when you put on your super mom cape, there is nothing in the world that will stop you. Like you can move mountains. You can cure kids of diseases. Like there's so many things you can do. But thinking that you shouldn't ask for help, that it's not okay to ask for help, that you should be able to do it on your own. And that just like all that stuff is just limiting because of course you don't need help. You are super capable and you are amazing and you could totally do it on your own. But should you? Like just because I know how to cook and clean and do laundry and wash my car and garden and mow my lawns and fix my computers. And I could learn how to, you know, I don't know, remodel my kitchen. I could paint myself. I could learn how to install tile in the bathroom. I could do all those things, but that doesn't mean that I should because my time is better spent on things that are more aligned with my calling. If anybody has seen my handiwork, they will know that I was not born to be a handyman. Could I teach myself? Absolutely. We are from pioneer women. (laughs) We can do it all. But hiring someone is one of the best gifts you can give. Not, and this could be paying somebody to like, wash your kids for you or clean your house for you or hiring just a life coach to help make your life better. Like this is one of the greatest things you can do for two reasons. One is because then you get to free up your time to spend on things that are more aligned with your essence. Like, you know, doing the dishes every day for 20 years, (laughs) It gets a little 
old, even if it was your essence when you first started, you might be ready to, to outgrow that and let somebody else do that for a while so that you can grow and expand and explore other areas of life. So you can do it all, but it doesn't mean that you should. So one reason is so that you can grow and expand and explore your passions. But the other thing is that you're giving other people permission to do things that is the, that are their passion. When you hire a dog trainer to you know Skype call with you, or Zoom and teach you how to train your dogs and what does it mean when your dog acts this way and how do you get them to stop barking or whatever, then you're letting that person who loves dogs and feels like this is their calling and her essence and you're letting her do what she does best. When you hire someone to clean your house, they love cleaning houses. <laughs> they, the messier, the better. Hire a personal organizer and watch them get giddy over how messy your closets are. <laughs> it just thrills them to no end. You know, hiring a life coach because your life feels overwhelming and exhausting makes them happy. It's fun for us. So really consider this idea that I don't need to ask for help, I shouldn't ask for help, and think about how that limits you and how it keeps you playing small in your life. Like, yeah, I can self-teach my on my the piano. My kids could go on YouTube and learn how to play piano by themselves. They don't need to hire a teacher, but we still hire piano teachers because there's nothing like learning from someone else, someone who's an expert in areas that you're not. If you're going to learn to, uh, I don't know, my my references always come back to volleyball because <laughs> that's my life. So if you want to learn how to be a setter, well, then you want to hire someone specifically who has had a lot of experience setting the volleyball and what that means to play that position on the court. You're not going to hire a piano teacher to teach you how to set. Why would you hire yourself to teach you how to set a ball? And I think so many times we think about these things for our kids, like we'll sign up private instructions from swim coaches to like really refine their stroke. We'll hire tutors for them in math, but we don't think about doing it for ourselves in the areas of our life that we want to enhance and grow and get better. So be wary of this thing of, oh, I don't need to ask for help. I should be able to figure it out on my own. When you decide you want to lose weight and you hire a weight loss coach to help you, you are helping them fulfill their calling as well as you like getting to borrow some outside expertise and see things that you can't see and your blind spots that you might not even know are there. Today's super mom power boost is a very personal one to me. It's about learning how to dream. When I went through my first life coach training program, I did not know how to dream. I remember the intake form that I was supposed to fill out had pages and pages of all these like big questions about life that I'd never thought of before. And the hardest ones for me were, what would you dream if you knew you could not fail? Or what would you do if you could not care what people thought? What is your wildly improbable goal? Like, I just could not 
answer those. Like my brain, whatever the part of the brain is that thinks that way has had no synapses in it. (laughs) And through the course of going through the life coach training and being asked by life coaches, these questions are helping me and think that way, growing synapses in that part of the brain, and then listening to other people also grow their brains in this way and dream and listening to them, like learning how to use their imagination to create what they wanted and learning to believe that anything is possible has changed my life in the most exciting and positive and traumatic ways I can't even tell you. Like the last time it really hit me was in January where I'd quit my teaching job. So I was just at home. My kids are teenagers, so I'm kind of stuck in the house a lot, even though I love what I do and I love my life coaching business and I'm enjoying the podcast. I need to get out of the house. I'm an extrovert and I like to be outside. And it was January and it was like, it's kind of hitting some doldrums there. And I got this ad in my Facebook feed about Southwest Airlines having like special deals to Hawaii. And I was like, you mean I could just go to Hawaii? (laughs) And it was so like exciting. I'm like, what? I could do that? And I would never have even entertained that idea if I hadn't learned how to dream, how to dream about what I want and believe that it was possible. And then learning the steps to make it happen, of course, too. And having my girlfriend go with me, like that was so much fun. And then a month later, the, you know, quarantine hit and we were under lockdown. I thought, God, thank God I got to go to Hawaii. That was so helpful. But now here I am sitting in this lake house that like, I didn't even really plan for. I mean, we kind of did. We'd been looking in Hawaii, or not Hawaii, we were looking in Lake Tahoe to buy a mountain house for a long time, but the prices are high there and it's crowded and the commute, the, everybody goes to Tahoe. The drive up there was not fun on the weekends. And so we just kind of let go and I fell in love with Costa Rica. And I thought, okay, that's going to be my dream. I'm going to go to Costa Rica and I want to live there. I'm going to work from there and do my life coaching business and my podcast and just have this online business. And I was super excited about that idea. And then the quarantine hit (laughs) and the borders closed and my little travel excursions and European vacations got canceled and all the volleyball tournaments got canceled out of state. And so I just got really bummed about being home so much, but I knew how to dream. And I knew how to not lock myself into the mental prison of I can't do what I want to do. And my plans got taken away from me. And so we decided to shelter in another place. We had a friend who had a cabin next to our, we have a couple friends that have cabins right next door to each other on this lake. And so we rented one of them. And it was so awesome just to like get a change of scenery and like see other people even just from six feet away and to get out on the water it was like oh heavenly and then serendipitously the house across the street went on the market and it's way cheaper than tahoe and we're like oh my gosh this we could actually do this (laughs) and so it just kind of happened because i had done all this this background of like looking in tahoe and looking in costa rica that it was just really easy and fell into place but if I hadn't learned how to dream and that it was okay to live a life beyond what my parents lived, 
beyond what the expectations were for me. And to imagine that like, if it's fun, then I'm probably meant to do it. I mean, that was kind of where the life coach training was so eye-opening. It's like, you really learned that like, if it feels really good, then it's probably a really good thing for you because where before I would have felt guilty and been like, oh no, I don't need good things to happen to me because there are people suffering as though like my suffering would help the human race. Sound familiar, anybody? (laughs) That if other people feel bad, then I should feel bad for them and with them. And somehow that makes me a better person. But when you play it out, it doesn't actually help the world. (laughs) That instead, what I realize, like when I feel positive and when I feel like anything's possible, then I can hold that belief for my clients to to help lift them up to pursue their goals and their dreams. Not that we all have the same ones, but this idea that a rising tide lifts all ships was really life-changing for me. And so if you struggle with these thoughts of, or these questions of, what would I dream if I knew I could not fail? Or what would I do if I could not care what people thought? Or what is a wildly improbable goal that I would love to see happen? Start playing around in that part of your brain. Believe that anything is possible. Do it in fantasy first. Don't think you've got to start happening tomorrow. Don't think that, like, well, I don't know how. I don't know what what that would look like. Or I could never do that. Just be on the lookout for all of those voices. Because I said them all. I said uh, I could never work for myself because I'm not (laughs) self-motivated. I said I could never work from home because I'm too much of an extrovert. I love being outside. Hi, you name it. I said it. Uh, So there's all sorts of limiting beliefs, but make sure you're also exercising the part of your brain that believes that you are meant for good things and that good things are possible and that it's okay you don't know the how The most important part is to recognize that your spirit wants this and that what we need on our planet right now is people who have come alive, who do things that make them feel alive, full of energy and ready to take on the world. Today's quote of the day comes from Gay Hendricks. Gradually, I came to see that I was just worrying for the sake of choking the flow of positive energy in myself. Worrying was one way I was upper limiting myself. And if you want a life-changing book to read, I highly recommend The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. So, so good. If you feel like you've got this invisible bar that's keeping you set and you might be a little resistance to things going too well for you. All right, super moms, you take care. Have a great day and dream. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.